Well, I want I want to turn tonight to Second Samuel. I, you can tell you can tell when I get over in a certain book and I, I tarry in it. Sometimes I've got kind of hung up in the First and Second Samuel a little bit, but but it come through just studying and and my studying usually leads to more thoughts and other thoughts and various things and and um, this actually come off a thought that I ain't even preached yet out of another part of Samuel. But uh, I just felt really impressed, and it's right in line even with what Paul was talking. I just run across a little thought that I just uh, I felt was just so needful, especially for the hour that we live in and uh, the age that we are uh, in this season. Um, uh, just, it, just seemed, it just seemed very pressed on my heart. And I, I want to share it. It's out of an, an, old, an Old Testament story, uh, and, and, and it, it takes it to a real far extreme, but then I, I'll, I'll kind of, I think, make it... Uh, very applicable and, and, and make it uh, uh, seem like it, it it fits, in other words. I'm, I'm going to try to make it fit. Ain't that what a preacher does? He tries to make it fit. Amen. But anyway, I want to read this. It's in 2 Samuel chapter 16 and uh, verse 5, and we'll read down to about verse uh, oh, 13 or so. But i tell you what let's do. Let's just uh, pray. Let, we'll stand and pray, and then I'll let you be seated because I know you worked hard today. And, and you've been on your feet, and I want you to see the see the story uh, and uh, what all. But uh, let's just believe the Lord tonight and ask Him to bless our time together. Brother Whitlock, you want to bless the service tonight? And amen. Come on, thank the Lord. You know we need to give Him glory, praise, and honor. Amen. Amen. Second Samuel 16, and you can be seated. Second Samuel 16, starting with verse 5, and we'll read down to about verse 13, I believe. The word of the Lord says this, and, and when King David came to Baharum, Rim, I don't know. I told uh, Rex Ella, she did such a good job. Some of you wasn't here during Sunday school, but Rex Ella was, James had Rex Ella read all the, all the hard stuff Sunday, all the Hebrew names and Hebrew words. I told Rex Ella after service, I said, the best thing to do is just speak in tongues when you come to them hard words. It just takes care of it. Just ramble off a little bit. <laughs> but anyway, uh, and, and like I said, uh, country slang or mountain slang will never say Hebrew correctly. Never. It'll never happen. You'll never, you know, we don't have the tongue nor the mouth for it. But anyway, so David came to Baharim and behold, thence came out a man of the family of the house of Saul, whose name was Shimei, the son of Gerar. He came forth and cursed still as he came. He was coming. You, he, you get the picture, he was cursing the whole way. I mean, he was coming the whole time and cursing the whole time. I mean, it was quite a scene. Amen? Kind of like at your house sometimes. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. But it, it was a scene. It was a scene. And listen, and he cast stones at David. I thought, now, you talking about, you talking about, you know, feeling 
brassy. I mean, you know, he's, he's throwing stones at David and at all of the servants. These are the mighty men of David. Here comes this, and I got this picture in my mind, a little shimmy eye, a little bitty fella probably, cursing, throwing rocks at the mighty men of David. And you've read what the mighty men of David can do. He's throwing rocks at them. And all the people and all the mighty men were on the right hand and, and, and on his left. And thus said Shimei when he cursed, come out, come out, thou bloody man. He's talking to David. And thou man of Belial, the Lord hath returned upon thee all the blood of the house of Saul, in whose stead thou hast reigned. And the Lord hath delivered the kingdom into the hand of Absalom, thy son. And behold, thou art taken in thy mischief, because thou art a bloody man. Then said one of David's mighty men, Abishai, the son of Zerah, unto the king, Why should this dead dog curse my lord the king? Listen to what he says. Let me go over, I pray thee, and take off his head. Amen. Amen. Good thing I wasn't the king. I just said, have at it, Abishai. <laughs> Do all that's in your heart. <laughs> but the king said, what have I to do with you, ye sons of Zerah? So let him curse. Let him curse. Because the Lord has said unto him, curse David. Who shall then say, wherefore Hast thou done so? And David said to Abishai and to all his servants, Behold, my son, which came forth of my bowels, seeketh my life. How much more now may this Benjamite do? Let him alone. Let him curse. For the Lord hath bidden him. And listen to what he says. It may be that the Lord will look on my affliction. And the Lord requite me good for his cursing this day. And David and his men went, by the way, Shimei went along on the hillside over against him and cursed as he went and threw stones at him and cast dust. Amen. You got that picture? Lord bless your word. Yeah, I, that's a, that is just a picture. Uh, of quite a chaotic moment, but well, before, I, before I jump into it, you know, David, when I think about David, there's a lot of things that, that really stand out about the life of David or his life or some of his characteristics, the man that he was. One of, of course, you know this, one of my favorite figures in Scripture to, to read on, to study on, one of my absolute favorite figures to preach on. It always has been. Love to preach about David, but but there's many things about his character. You know, one, one thing you can, you can share, he's a man of action. He always was a man of action. You know, he would run out to meet a giant and, and come back with his head. You know, a man of action, always. Or when they warred against Philistine, the Philistines, and, and there was always war. He, he was always in his element in the leading the fight. A man of action, always going forward, you know. Uh, it's just the way he was. He feared no man. That's what makes this story interesting. I want you to think about that. David feared no. He wasn't afraid of Shimei. He feared no man uh, whatsoever. Was full of courage. 
when it comes to the things of God and confidence in God. That's who his character throughout scriptures. Now, I know he had some ups and downs here and there, but overall his character shined with these various things. But, but also in David's character, one of the things that shines really loud is, is how he wouldn't raise his hand against Saul. You know, scared of no man, courageous, confident in God, take a giant's head, but yet when it comes to Saul, the Lord's anointed. The man he revered, the man he honored, the man he knew that God had touched. He did cut a little piece of his garment off one night, and his heart smote him for that. But, but he, he, he wouldn't. It was just part of his character. It was a part of who he was. Uh, it was a part of what his makeup was. He was never vengeful, never vindictive, never rash, never harsh. And that's what brings, I bring that in because of this story. Because that's what we see in this story. We see a, another, another kind of a moment, if you will, uh, that David is shining in that aspect. Probably no one in here would have would have thought twice about it if the story had went the other way, and David had himself took the man's head off. Probably nobody in here would have thought twice about it, for it was the day, the time, uh, the era that it was. We wouldn't have thought much about it, but but we get a chance to see David shine in this particular part of his character again, and 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 he wouldn't let he wouldn't let Abishai take off his head. And I got to thinking about that. And I got to thinking about what he said in verse 12. And I got to trying to just to bring it all together, this little story. It got a hold to me. And I was already studying a thought on correction anyway. I was studying on, on not so much just correction, but encouragement and exhortation. And, and the hour that, that the church is in so much need of, of exhortation even, encouragement and building up. But, but correction come into that through a couple other scriptures even in the New Testament that we may or may not touch on. But it kind of come into that realm. And, and what I see what I see in this story is, is David wants to give him time. David wants to let him say whatever he's got to say. David wants him to do whatever it is. And David seems to say in verse 12, you know, let him be, let him be. It may be that I may get something out of this from God. That's really what he says. Uh, I might, re, God might requite me some, something out of this. I might get something let, let me sift through all of this. Let him curse. Let him criticize. And really, really, that's what he's doing. He is actually criticizing. And it's partial truths and mostly lies because he said, he said, you know, that he he had shed the blood of Saul's house, and the opposite it was very true. He he protected Saul's house. Even to the last day of his life, he he tried to uplift and Carry on us the seed of Saul in some way. Mephibosheth, I remember a message Brother Keith preached many years on Mephibosheth. But he, he, tried, he tried to honor. So Now, he may have been a bloody man. Yes, we know that. But, but the criticism took, went far beyond. And, and I got the question, even thinking about it, I said, well, well, well criticism in our age, I want you to think about it. In our age, this is the truth now. You tell me if I ain't telling the truth. Correction now in our age is considered criticism. That's why this fits. There was a time that correction, the correction was correction, and yes, criticism was criticism. But now 
even, even most all folk consider if you try to bring a word of correction or even sometimes exhortation or even encouragement sometimes, it's considered criticism. That's why, that's why I felt like the Lord really showed me that this really fits because this is just really basically mostly criticism. It's more like criticism. But what I've seen in this, David says, no, let him be. It may be that I can sift through even this, these partial truths, this, this, this partial correction, this criticism. And maybe it is I can get or learn or, or come about something that's going to help me. That's going to strengthen me. How many know tonight that correction strengthens us? That God intends it. Just what Paul said. God intends it to strengthen us. God intends it to uplift. God intends it to sanctify. God intends it to purify. God intends it to make our walk better. God intends it for various many things. But it's all for the good. Correction. Now, I knew you wasn't going to jump and shout when I even mentioned this. But David, David says, no, let him be. And this is, what, this is really what I got out of it. He says, don't, don't cut the head off of correction. I want you to get that. Don't always cut the head. Because that, that's, our, that's our first instinct. The moment that we decipher that there's somebody maybe trying to correct. How, how many know tonight we all need correction? We all need correction. And, and our first instinct a lot is to be like an Abishai. I'll take his head off. Amen. Who does he think he is? Amen. Amen. But, but David, David says, no, 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 no. Don't cut the head off of correction. Because here's, here's, here's what I see. Let's, see. let's see what we can get out of it. Let's see if we can get something out of it that's helpful. Let's see. Now, I will say this, not everybody's correction is right, like, Ab, like, like Shimei's. It wasn't all correct. It wasn't all with the right motive. But that even makes it more that powerful because David still says, no, no, let it be. Let us sift through it. Maybe God's at work here. Do you still believe tonight, even in those kind of moments right there, that God can work all things together? Even in the harsh, harshness of somebody's verbal assault, the harshness of someone throwing rocks at you and dust and cursing all the way. Come on, somebody. Correction. He said, wait, let's see what we can get out of this. Don't take the head off of this thing just yet. Here's what David's telling me. It's what I see in this. God's direction comes through correction sometimes. David's saying, I might be able to get some direction out of this. That's going to help me in my walk. That's going to help me progress. I might be able to get a hold to something here that's going to that's equip me or empower me. It'll help me go yet further, to go yet beyond where I am now. Amen? So, so, so be careful. Look for the truth in correction. Not, I'm going to say it like this. Look for the truth. Rather, not be looking for the excuse to ignore it. Amen. Look for the truth in it. 
Because somewhere in all of that, you know what, maybe God, and I just about guarantee you, David had done figured it out. Sometimes God's direction is in some of the, even the criticism or in the harshness. I, I tell you what, to some of the most some of the most critical times or been criticized or whatever, I could usually find a piece of a sliver or something that was very profitable. Something something that 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 hit home. That's like that's like Shimei. It wasn't all truth, but yeah, he was a bloody man. He was. It wasn't all per se, but David says, I can draw some kind of word out of this that will help me to help me to move forward. And one of the other things that I really see in this, before we get into some scriptures here, one of the things I really see in this is that a man that can is able or a woman that's able to absorb correction like this is nothing but a sign of maturity. Man. I see, I, that's what I see. I see such a character. There's that, when I was talking about things that shine out of David's character, I see maturity standing here this, that day. When, Abish, when Shimei is cursing and throwing rocks at him, and he absorbs every insult, he absorbs everything, has the power to destroy Shimei, has the power to end it in a moment, but maturity. Come on, somebody. Amen. This is heavy-duty stuff here. I ain't saying I always got all that, but, man, it's true. But you see, really, if you will, you really do see, if you will, the ultimate test of humility. There's no greater test, I believe, than a man that can receive correction. He, he, it's the ultimate test of humility. Because at the heart of it, what wants to take the head off of correction is pride. Every time. It's pride. Who do they think they are? Do they not know who I am? Do they not know that I am the king? That I am really the king? Who in the world is this Shimei, this son of Gerah? Who in the world? Amen. The ultimate test of humility, if you will, in this, in this man. Amen. You know, David, I found in reading the scriptures that not only would David receive correction, not only would he not take the head off of correction, but he would actually beg for it. When's the last time you begged for correction? It's a powerful thought. It's going to be a little different. If it ain't all right, we're still going to keep you a dollar from the offering. But he would beg for it. Look, look to Psalms, Psalms 139. I want to read you just two verses right quick. Psalms 139, 23, and 24. It says, this is David. Search me, O God. Know my heart. Try me. Know my thoughts. And see if there be any wicked way in me. Lead me. He, he's inviting. He's inviting. Wanting. Wanting correction. You want to know why? I believe this tonight. 
I believe there's, there's about four different areas, and you could probably mesh them and match them and come up with some other thoughts, but there's about four different areas of, of awareness that we really have. And that's why David would beg for correction. That's why we should beg for correction. Because we don't have all the keen senses to be aware of everything. There's, there's this first area. I believe this tonight. There, there's, there's the things that we know about ourselves and that everybody else knows. It's pretty obvious. You know, it's pretty obvious sometimes. Well, they're a hothead. And they know it and everybody else knows it. Or they're rude. They know it. Matter of fact, they brag about it. I'm just, I'm just fed up with that. I just that. And everybody else knows it. They're, they're whatever, and everybody knows it. How many know what I'm talking about tonight? It's, it's no, it's no, it's no. Matter of fact, you ain't talking about them when you say, you know, so and so. They, they, they got a little bit of attitude most of the time. You know, it's not talking about them because they know it. And everybody else knows it. That's just, that's just one area of awareness. But that's not really why David, I think, would beg for correction because I think he would deal with those things when he was aware of it. And especially if it had come so blatantly that everybody else knew it. But there's these other things. There's these other things that where other people know. There's this word where other people know about you, but you got blind spots about it. Where, 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 hey, come on now. There's things that other people know about us that we don't see. We're like, what? Really? You ever have somebody come up to you and, and they go telling you, so-and-so said this and this and this. Can you believe that? And you're like, yeah. You ain't going to say it out loud, but you're in your mind. Yeah. I kind of do believe that. Because everybody's aware of it, but, but these blind spots that we have. How many know? How many know? How many know? And you're like, really? You think that about me? Really, I'm like that? No. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's one of the reasons I believe he would pray and beg God, correct me. Correct me. There's this other awareness. I, I believe this. There's this other awareness. And these are the things that we know about ourselves that nobody else knows. And I ain't even going to talk about them tonight because y'all don't know them. Come on, there's them things that, that just fly through your mind sometimes. And, and you're just glad that nobody can hear your mind. You're glad that it didn't show on your countenance. You're glad that, that, that nobody read your mind. You're glad that, that, that there was no discerning of spirits here tonight. Things that you know about you, but everybody else would just no idea. How many, how many of we all got that, those three things up? But then this is the one. This is the one. This is why I think David would beg for it, why David wanted it, desired it, had to have it, is this. I believe there's certain things, there's certain things that only God knows about us that we don't know, that others don't know. God knows. He, he knows who we are. I like the way Jeremiah put it. Jeremiah 10, 23 and 24. He says it like this. Oh, Lord, I know that the way a man is not in himself. It's just not. It's not in a man that even 
that walketh to direct his steps. Oh, Lord, correct me. But with judgment, not in thy anger, lest you bring me to nothing. He said, it's just, I just don't even know me sometimes. But God knows. God knows. Do you realize, you realize I believe that, 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 that the New Testament church was designed, one particular part of it was designed, that, that that's what it was designed for, that we can be a community of believers. And that's really where this message comes from. That's, I, don't ask me how I got where I went, but I got there. But uh, the, it designed the church to, to where we could come together as believers. And part of that role, part of that role is to encourage and to exhort, but, but part, of that is, part of that is to, to even correct one another. You don't think that's scripture, do you? Because I know that nowadays if we really did that, churches, man, it'd be off with their head. Did you hear what Nana said? But it is. Hebrews 3, Hebrews 3 uh, says like this. Take heed, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief, departing from the living God. But exhort one another daily. Every day. Every day, every day. Lest, what's well, called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. Encourage, correct. Because sin is that deceitful. We should, we should somewhat be, be working in the realm of, of helping one another. Because it's so deceitful. And it's the most dangerous thing to, to become hardened. Amen. Amen. But I believe he set it up. He set church up for imperfect, fallible people to gather together to be corrected, to correct one another as a body. And it, it's, not, it's not from just a headship either, but every one of us. I appreciate people. I appreciate when someone says something. I appreciate, and, and, and I'd rather have it in love. I don't really want someone cursing and throwing rocks at me. But, but if that's the way it's got to be, well, I know it's probably, I've done something. For, how many know you probably, you probably have stirred something up pretty bad if they're cursing and throwing rocks at you? And you probably should look into it a little deeper. I don't know if you thought about that part of the story or not. There's some hostile feelings here. I would appreciate be a little little keyed down, but I appreciate I, I, when when I have been criticized. I, and, and now that I've matured a little bit, I do I do try to sift through it, just what I'm preaching tonight, and, and to pull from it. To see to see, I discover things, just like what Paul said. He discovered things laying in that hospital bed. He discovered that God brought things to him, laying there, correction. Because we're fallible. We live life. We go through things. We go through junk. We go through messes. Our emotions ain't always stable. Our attitudes ain't always. Our minds, our thoughts ain't always. We, we, we say things. We do things. We feel things. And every one of us needs correction. I know it ain't popular. That ain't a Pentecostal jumping message. But every one of us needs correction. Every one of us. That's why one of the reasons we gather 
together. And he, he thought we should do it daily. He said, it's so relevant, it's so important, y'all should get together daily because y'all a mess. And sin is deceitful. Sin is so deceitful. My Lord, it's deceitful. Amen. Amen. I know I've tried to operate in that realm a lot and use as much delicacy and love and grace. Amen. Amen. Probably much more so than even the New Testament sometimes would want us to. But it's a blessing. Correction is a David knew that. Maybe it is God's going to give me something through this. Because he knew it was a blessing. How many of y'all see correction as a blessing? Amen. It's scripture. Let me read you a couple of scriptures. Proverbs 3, verse 11 says, My son, despise not the chastening or the correction of the Lord. Need to be weary of his correction. Don't be weary of it. Verse 12, for whom the Lord loveth, he correcteth even as a father, the son in whom he delighteth. And then it carries on. Happy is that man. Happy is that man that findeth wisdom. And it's wisdom from the correction. It's not just wisdom. Oh, no, it's from being corrected. I mean, that's where wisdom, it comes from being corrected. I want you to follow me. That's where it comes from. From biblical, doctrinal, Holy Ghost. Correction. I don't know why we come to church knowing the Holy Ghost is going to be here. And we, 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 we sometimes want to play Holy Ghost dodgeball. You know? But no, no. That's where we get wisdom from. Paul, you got wisdom out of that. Great wisdom. We get wisdom. Anytime I've ever, every time I've ever been corrected, I'm going to tell you what, growing up my whole life, Granddad showed me some correction, and I've got wisdom out of it, and I, I've kept it all these days of my life. Come on. Amen. I don't know why we think the spiritual world, it should even more so. The natural world's that way, but the spiritual world's even more so. Out of it, out of it, you find wisdom, and the man that getteth under, you get understanding like, oh, that's why this keeps falling apart. Oh, that's why this keeps burning down. Oh, that's why this keeps ending in a train wreck. Oh, that's why it's always junk. That's why I always end up crying. That's why I always end up depressed. That's why I always end up here. Understanding. Verse 14. Verse 14. For the merchandise of it is better than the merchandise of silver and the gain thereof than fine gold. She is more precious than rubies and all the things thou canst desire are not to be compared unto her. Length of days is in her right hand and in her left hand riches and honor. Her ways are ways of pleasantness and her paths are peace. She is a tree of life to them that lay hold upon her. And happy is everyone that retains this wisdom that comes from correction. Amen. To David knew it. Maybe it is I'm going to get something out of this. Don't take his head off. Maybe there is something going to come out of this. 
Give me Proverbs 1 and, and 22 and 23, Dusty. How long, you simple ones, will you love simplicity and the scorners delight in their scorning and fools hate knowledge? Listen, turn you at my reproof or my correction. And behold, I will pour out my spirit unto you and I will make known unto you my words to you. Amen. Amen. Powerful. Powerful. I thank the Lord tonight. There's many other scriptures that we could go through tonight. There's no need, but it's all about the blessing of being corrected. All about the blessing. And it, it ties us, it ties us to, to being happy and to being blessed and, and to the things of God. It, it ties us. Give me 2 Timothy. I will read that, and you, you know this in 2 Timothy 3, 16, 17. It says all scripture is given what, by inspiration of God. Is what profitable for what doctrine? For this reproof, for this correction, that's where we get it from. It's where it comes from. It's not just good ideas. There's no cruise. That's not good, unless, unless it's something practical in the world, maybe. Keep you from getting run over in the street, maybe. But this, this, this is for the spiritual end of it. It's this book. It's this word. Amen. Listen, he goes on and says it's for, for instruction in righteousness. And I like the man that, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished, thoroughly furnished, thoroughly furnished unto all good, able of the ability to, 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 to be equipped. Amen. I want to tell you, all these years of walking with the Lord, his Holy Spirit correction, his 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 Holy Ghost people, those people that would drop words on me. Way back when, when Brother Cox looked at me and I was running like my hair was on fire, here and there and everywhere. And he seen a tattered family and he seen a tattered lease over and he, he got them old steely blue eyes down in my face and he said, boy, don't you run all over this world trying to save it and lose your family. That's what he told me. Correction. Correction. You know what? I heeded to it. You know what? I still got my family. Yeah. Yeah. It's correction. It's a thousand different pieces like that all over the years. And you know what I'm telling you? You know I'm telling you the truth. Where pieces of correction came. But they were for us. Might have made us mad. Might have chaffed us a little bit. Might have given us a bad attitude. Might have, might have made us red face. You ever get a good piece of, 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 of correction sometimes and you stand there and you're trying to act like it don't hurt? Huh? You're, try, you're trying to act like you're good with it, but, you're, but your face is, you know your face is just like telling every story like, I am not good with it. You know? You ever been there? Somebody's trying to, somebody is reproving or correcting or even criticizing. I'm like, yeah, thank you, brother. <laughs> Amen. Amen. But it's always been a, 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 so, so valuable. Now, as I get ready to bring this thing to a close, this is an age, this is an age now that, that we want to cut the head off of correction. We don't want anything to do with it. And like I said, I believe this is the age that has decided that all correction is criticism. 
Quite, if, I, if I read straight out of the Bible, not to you Wednesday night people, but sometimes there's people here on Sunday morning, that if I read straight out of the Bible to, they'll take offense to it because it's corrective. Straight out of the Bible with no opinion, no opinion. I, I've had it happen. No opinion. I read straight out of the New Testament Bible, not even the Old Testament Bible, the New Testament Bible. And I read in places of Scripture, and I've had people offended and tell me about it. You know why? Because now correction, true correction. I wasn't even trying to correct. I was just reading the Bible, which is for correction. And it rubbed them so raw that they decided that's criticism. Who are you? Who makes you that? You're just a judge. I was just reading out the book. Amen. Amen. That's hate speech. You know what? It's just pure love, ain't it? That's what it is. It's just love. It's love. But I can tell you why. I can tell you why it is that, 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 that this age wants to cut it off. Proverbs 15.10. It says this. It says, correction is grievous unto him that has forsook the way. It's grievous. To David, it wasn't grievous. Even this old rude shimmy eye that was throwing rocks at him and dust. He didn't see, he didn't view correction grievous at all. Am I way off point tonight? I don't know. Sometimes I wonder. Sometimes I think the Lord does things in my mind that maybe y'all don't understand. <laughs> Amen. But, but, but it's true. Listen, you want to know who, who wants to cut the head off of it? Him that thinks, him that thinks, who, who thinks correction is great is him that has forsook the way. And that he that hateth reproof. And he says he shall die. If you hate correction, there's death. There's death. Now, I do believe it. Honestly, I do believe there's a good way to. Matter of fact, the scripture tells us we should, we should seize in all truth with, with grace. I believe that with love. I do believe that. I believe wholeheartedly in that. I don't believe in some of this, some of this stuff that we pass off as, well, I'm just telling the truth. I don't believe in all of that because I believe sometimes people just want to be hurtful and offensive and, and there's no correction in it. There's, there's just trying, they're trying to, they had a bad day and they're going to kill somebody. Yeah. But 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 I'm gonna tell you what, when 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 it's in a loving way and it's still grievous, when it's still harsh to them. Of course that's the age. Second Timothy four, one and four. This is this just shows you where the age is. I charge thee therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall judge the quick and the dead at his appearance in his kingdom. Verse two, preach the word, this truth, instant, in season, out of season, reprove, rebuke, exhort. With all long suffering and this doctrine, this truth, verse 3, for the time has come when they will not endure sound doctrine. Did you hear what I said? The time has come. Has come. Has come. Amen. And it's, it's way beyond the world. It's way beyond those in the pews. It's in the pulpit where the time has come. Where the, even the preacher is not enduring sound doctrine. 
sounded like criticism, didn't it? No, no, it's correction. It's what it is. Amen. But after their own lust, heap to themselves together. Teachers having itching ears. I'll finish it. Verse 4. They shall turn away their ears from the truth, and they shall be turned into fable. Amen. So the last couple of verses I want to give you is really about receiving. Receiving. And I want to give you these two little verses. Hebrews 12. 5 and 6, I want to give you this. It says, and you have forgotten the exhortation which speaketh unto you as unto children. My son, listen, despise not the chastening of the Lord. So we'll stop right there. Don't think it light. Correction. Don't think it a light thing because it's not. Don't underestimate it. Don't undervalue it. When, 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 when the Holy Ghost through his word or through a Holy Ghost person or maybe even some, some random guy says something. Maybe, maybe some random guy said, you know what, you're just a little rude. Well, you know what, you want to sift through that instead of cutting his head off. Instead of saying, well, you want to see rude? I'll show you some rude. Come on, don't cut his head off. Sift correction. Despise it. I don't think it light. You know? <laughs> Bug's got a saying, and I hate to even say it, but I'm going to say it. He's got this saying. If somebody's a little bit ugly, you know what he calls them? Butt crack. <laughs> I know, I know. I probably shouldn't have said that, but that's what he calls them. He calls them butt crack. And he, he got that from Stephanie. <laughs> Imagine that. But, but you know, here's what I'm trying to say. Weigh it out. Are you? <laughs> Come on. Don't take it light. Maybe God's trying to work all the three-year-old truth into your mind. Don't take it lightly. And also... Don't get weary. Don't faint when thou art rebuked of him. Don't be weary of it. Never. Because, man, it's that important. You know what Jesus said? As many as I love. Didn't he say this? As many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. As many as I love. Therefore, be zealous and repent. That's what correction's for. For correction's for repentance. Correction's for for turning it around. Changing your life. That's what correction's for. It's not just to to, to hear and say, well, that may be so. No. God's trying to work. We should never take that lightly. When God's trying to work in our life, that's the most important thing in our life. There's nothing more important ever, ever. Getting your two cents worth in, no, no, that's not near as important. No, no, you need to let God work. If, if repentance is needed, we, we repent. I seen a little article one time. I'll see if I can get it right, if I can remember it. It was, it was the CIA motto. Y'all know who the CIA is? I heard this one time. 
and, and I remembered it, and I think I can still get it right. But, but, but their, their motto is like, like if somebody was criticizing them or correcting them or coming against them, not really so much correct, but coming against them because as many do sometimes. Here, here's, they got three rules. And here's the three rules. And this was meant as a joke, I think, maybe. But it was admit nothing. Is that why you handle correction? Admit nothing. Amen. Amen. The second thing, deny everything. It's denied. And I, I really like the third thing. It's, it's, it's make counter accusations with a louder voice. You know, when someone tries to correct you, they're, they're like, you know, I think you really need to think about how your attitude is. You go, hey, buddy, what about your stinking attitude? <laughs> Counter accusation. Bringing up about 25 decibels, though. I said that was a CIA motto, but that's most people's <laughs> motto. Admit nothing. Deny everything. And bring counter accusations quickly and rapidly. But God wants to do work. And that's why the correction. I thought about it. That's the whole purpose sometimes of our gathering. And we read from Holy Scripture. And so God can come. And there's not. And I'm going to tell you what. And every preacher in here knows I'm telling the truth. That probably the preacher has already been corrected if he's preaching on it. Most of us are Jonas. Most all of us preachers are nothing but Jonas going, going to, to Nineveh to preach to other Jonas. That's all we are. We just got the message about 20 minutes ago in a fish's belly. And now we smell like puke and we just got to come tell everybody about it. We just got corrected. Come on. I'm preaching this tonight because I done got it. CIA motto and all. Just a bunch of Jonas. Amen. And we get together. We gather. That's why we gather. And we read the scriptures. And sometimes they are. They're, they're, they're sometimes difficult scriptures for some. But it's for correction. It's for correction. Why? What, even something what Paul said, so we all can make it to heaven. So we all can be sanctified. So we all can be of a more valuable use to God. So we can all walk in victory. So we don't keep going through the same things that we go through. That's what correction's all about. That's what it's for. Last scripture. I love this scripture. And I might I might not even have this scripture right. I'm gonna give you go ahead and give you a scripture warning label. I may not even have this scripture right because I'm going to tell you what, the scripture was a little bit confusing, but I've always loved it and I've always thought that this was right. 141 and 5. Listen to what it says. Let the righteous smite me. This is David again. This is the man. He said, throw your rocks at me, Shimei. Just go on and throw them. But he would rather it would be a righteous person. He'll probably do it in grace. A little easier. You know, it's true. I would rather have the righteous correct me. Come on. I would. Amen. 
Don't go easy on me. Come on, I, I still got to get, I got to have it yet too. Amen. I know my granddaddy was all, he never went easy on me. You know why? Because he wanted to bring out the best he could in me. Full potential. Because he could see more. And when he'd see things that weren't bringing that out, he wouldn't go easy on me. He went hard on me. That's what David said. Go hard on me. Let, let the righteous smite me. Why? It'll really turn out to be kindness. It'll be, you'll be, you're being good to me. You're being good to me when you correct. Next time, I want you to think about that. Next time someone wants to criticize you, correct you. Maybe you're being so good to me. I know, see, see our mind, it's nothing like David's, is it? That's how far off we are. That is how far off we are. Because it's nothing like that. That sounds ludicrous, don't it? Well, David says, it'll be kindness. I love you, I love you, I love you. You know, you sure could do a better job preaching. Oh, I love you. I remember, I thought about, I thought about, I, I done a revival, and you've heard this story, I done a revival a long time ago in a, in a church away from here, and, and there was a lady, who, she showed up that night, she said, I've heard of you, and I've come to hear what all the talk is, and I'm like, what is this, I thought it was bad talk, and she meant it was good talk, and I was like, oh really, wow, after the service, after the service, she more or less, I'll not go into the exact, but she more or less said, well, I was really disappointed tonight. That was one of them nights I stood there with that face like. I'm trying to act like take it graciously, but. But you know what? You know what? It was honestly was kindness because it really was because you know what? It, it made me dig more. Come on. It made, it made me push deeper, push harder. I told Brother Angle uh, the other night, I. Now, he, he, well, he actually asked me, that, that he said, I, I don't bother you doing it. I said, no, I appreciate you being here. I said, you make me try harder. And it's people like that do stir me to try harder, you know. Well, this church is full of awful good preachers tonight. Y'all just make me try harder. Now, you can be like that lady, and you can even tell me I disappointed you. It's all right. It's kindness, because I'll try harder. I'll push more. My granddad was like that. He, he didn't throw around compliments very well, very much. Very much. You know why? Because he, he wanted you to strive for even better. Even better. Even better. He goes on, but listen to what he says. He says, let them reprove me. It shall be like an excellent oil. Think about this. David's saying, now, this is the part I'm not sure I got right, but I'm going to use it. I don't really, there's really, I didn't really have any other thought on any other translation, but, but my mind shifts when he's talking about this excellent oil. I can't help but think about anointing. I, I, and I may be wrong. I'm, just, I'm not saying, that's your disclaimer. I'm just telling you, this is my interpretation of this part of the verse. David says, correction is like being anointed. Yeah, I love it. I personally love it because I see it. Sometimes the correction is like, like being God anointed. And, and, and this correction, this correction, if you will, is this correction, it, 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 it's like an anointing that, that, that allows me to, to, to go beyond 
my mistakes. I'm anointed to go beyond my failures. I'm anointed to go beyond my fallible places. I'm anointed not to fail here again. The anointing breaks the yoke of failure. It breaks the yoke of, 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 of missing it. It breaks the yoke of sin. It allows me to push. I'm, I may have sin here, but I tell you what, the correction has anointed me to go beyond. I'll not fall right here again in this very same spot because of the anointing. The correction has brought. It's like an oil. It's like an excellent oil. Amen. Amen. I got. I got. A, I, I'm rambling. Get up here, girls. Good day. I done got late. Everybody's saying, "Man, he's it's all right." Go on and say it's kindness. You you preach too long, brother. It's kindness. It helps me. It has. You preach too long. I enjoy it, but you preach too long. It helps me. It's kindness. I love you. I love you. It's kindness. I got to go home. I love you. I love you. Diane, Diane, back there, first time she ever met me, she thought I was on something. That's kindness. That's kindness. It's kindness. It's kindness. I appreciate that. I love it. I am on something, by the way. Amen. Kindness. Kindness. Amen. Some of you are still thinking that, but it's kindness. Mwah. Love you. Mwah. Love you. Amen. Amen. That's right. Brent, Brent, here, here was old Shimmy. Brent come running along beside me that day, throwing rocks at me, throwing dust. Saying, he's a nut. He's crazy. Thank you. Mm. I love you. Thank you. Thank you. Out of the mouth of babes. Out of the mouth of babes. Maybe you should let somebody else play the bass tonight. Find your place. Find your place around this altar tonight. <laughs> Amen. Amen. I'm going to say something. I tried to preach that fairly light, and you know I did. Because had I not, y'all would have criticized me. But it's so serious. It's such a part of the kingdom. Such a part of God's plan and his hand and even the church. So though I preached it light, man, let's 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 don't esteem it light. Man, let's take it so serious. And let's believe. Let's believe. Ever work comes from, whether it's from a three-year-old or, or whether it's from your pastor or your wife, your neighbor, whoever. You know, when it's correction, don't cut the head off. Even if it's this, even if it is uh, speckled with partial truth, see what's in it. Maybe God, maybe God can get you something out of that. That's going to help your walk. Amen. I believe it. 
I believe it. I love you. Appreciate you.